Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're going to pick up where we left off in Second Peter. Uh, some really, really powerful verses that speak to uh really the situations we find ourselves in now. Though these situations have been through the ages, uh, Peter is warning. Remember what we saw in the last episode in the uh, first verse he said of the second chapter, that false prophets arose among the people in the past, just as false teachers are going to arise among you. And then if you remember, he told us what they would do. They're going to secretly introduce destructive heresies. They're going to deny the master who bought them, and they're going to bring swift destruction upon themselves. And we saw what their motivation was. They're following after their sensuality. You know, a lot of times we uh, assign that word to just uh, things of a sexual type of nature, but it's really much more than that. Uh, It's the lust of the flesh. And so somebody may be uh, sensually desiring a piece of cheesecake, okay, or a car, or a house, or power, whatever it may be. They're following their sensuality. And because of this, the truth, the way of truth is maligned. And he talks about how these false teachers and their greed will exploit you with false words. I've actually had another two or three examples of that uh, just since our last time together, which I'm just not going to share it because it's just so rampant everywhere. But if you see it, if you understand, it's just that... uh, that there's false words being said, and the whole point is to exploit. And then when somebody is called on those false words, or in even the most innocent and sincere kind of ways, uh, immediately they'll back off or they'll double down, all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's just crazy. So we saw at the end of verse 3, chapter 2 of Second Peter, that their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. In other words, their destruction is going to come about. Okay, their judgment has been determined. And then, beginning with verse 4, it starts with this word for, F-O-R, like therefore, because. And Peter gives some example, some examples. And so uh, I think I'm probably just going to read through these right now and maybe the next episode or two. I'm not sure how we do We may do the next episode two or three or four. Who knows? <laughs> Go back and deal a little more with them because this is all one sentence. Literally from verse 4 to the middle of verse 10 is one sentence. And uh, what it is, he's given examples of this. He's given examples of how destruction is not asleep. He's given examples of how God's uh, judgment is not idle. Okay? And so the first one he says in verse 4, 4, if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them, the pits of darkness reserved for judgment. So what he's going to do is he's going to throw these little vignettes that these people would have known. Uh, this is one of the major hints that we have that uh, Peter's writing to a group of uh, believers who had a very strong Jewish background because they knew these accounts. Okay, These are all out of the Old Testament and things that have happened in the past. And so he's saying, if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, and you say, most people in the church would go, well, what is that all about? That's Genesis 6, okay, which we'll probably talk about that a little more later. Then in verse 5, he says this, and if God did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah. Well, here, he's talking about the flood now. So he's talking about the, did not spare the angels, which is the first four verses of Genesis 6. <coughs> and 
then did not pre, uh, spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah. That's chapter 6, 7, 8, and 9 of Genesis. But we learn something right here. As a matter of fact, in these descriptions, we learn things about those accounts that we don't see in the Old Testament. Here it says, but he preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness. Noah is called a preacher or a herald of righteousness. So God preserved him with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. Then verse 6, and if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes. Well, here we go. We've got the account of Sodom and Gomorrah. So you have God judging angels that sin. You have God judging the world through a flood. You have God judging Sodom and Gomorrah and destroying them, having made them an example to those who would live ungodly lives thereafter. Boy, isn't that a loaded thing? It's verse 6, 2 Peter 2. He's saying that Sodom and Gomorrah is an example for those that are living ungodly lives today. Okay, today. And so that's the reason we can sit there and say, hey, no, you don't live in this kind of sin. because, And, and you look at what Sodom and Gomorrah was all about. It was all about themselves, primarily centered around homosexuality. And so it is, according to Peter, an example to those who live ungodly today. Verse 7, and if he rescued righteous light, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men. Now, this is something that when you read the uh, Old Testament account, um, you know that Lot wants to do what's right. You see that he does uh, what God tells him to do, though the angels had to grab him and pull him out. But he seems to be sort of torn. And you think, what in the world is he even doing there to start with, you know? He and Abraham uh, wound up going separate ways just because of the, the vast blessings of God, and they, they, all their flocks couldn't eat in the same place. So Lot chose that which looked very good, the green, at the well watered. He went that way. Well, then you see him in the uh, seat of leadership, seated, seated among the elders of Sodom and Gomorrah. But here in verse 7, you find out that God calls him righteous. And he says, if he rescued righteous Lot... Because Lot did speak the truth to the people, even at the door right there, even when that horrific thing, uh, when he offered his two virgin daughters to these men that were trying to get to the angels, he, he would say, oh, my, you know, please don't do this. Don't do this dastardly thing. Don't do this. Consider what you're doing. Okay? Even righteous Lot, he was oppressed by their sensual conduct. Then parenthetically, verse 8 is a little parenthesis here, and it describes Lot. For what he saw and heard, that righteous man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. When you read the Old Testament account, I mean, you see the details of what all happened, but you really don't see his heart like this. And the Lord really revealed the heart of Lot and what he was going through through the Holy Spirit to Peter, and Peter wrote it down, that Lot was righteous, that the Lord rescued him, that Lot was oppressed by the sensual conduct of these unprincipled men, and what he saw while he was living among them, that it really tormented his righteous soul because of their lawless deeds. So here's where it all comes in. So it started off with four, right? Verse four. For if God did not spare the angels, if God did not spare the ancient world, if God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, if God rescued Lot, verse nine, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those 
who indulge the flesh and its corrupt desires and despise authority. Now, that's halfway through the 10th verse. I'm going to stop right there for today. But uh, do you see what he's saying to us? Okay. He's saying that these false teachers that are rising, that their judgment uh, is not idle. The judgment will come. Their destruction will come about. And God has done it before, and he's going to do it again. He's going to judge those who live this way and who turn against him, unprincipled men. But a really hopeful thing is he knows how to rescue the godly from temptation. He rescued life before um, from the judgment that he was pouring out on Sodom and Gomorrah. He knows how to rescue us, and he also knows how to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. That's an interesting thing, okay? But then he really zooms in, and he said, especially those who indulge the flesh in his corrupt desires and despise authority. You're like, who's authority and that kind of thing? Well, maybe we'll pick that up next time, okay? In the meanwhile, go back and read Second Peter chapter 2 and see what the Lord reveals to you. I'm Dale, and I'll see you next time.